0: To a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations.
1: <laughs> Valeria Tellez interviews Marlene Miller the author of Brain Styles and Brain Styles for Lovers. The mission of Brain Styles Incorporated, its instructors and coaches, is to expand our ability to accept ourselves for who we are and who we are not, healing relationships one person at a time. Marlene Miller is a world-renowned relationship expert and author of Brain Styles, Change Your Life Without Changing Who You Are, Simon & Schuster, 1997, which has been translated into five languages and taught in three more. Her companion book is Brain Styles for Lovers, Create Partnerships That Change Your Life Without Changing Who You Are, Brown Books, 2004. The Brain Styles System is taught on four continents through a worldwide instructor slash coaching network, certified and licensed by Miller's Dallas-based firm. Miller is a graduate of UCLA and has been a professional in the human development field for over 35 years, with graduate work in organizational behavior, group dynamics, and experiential adult learning from Harvard and MIT professors over a period of five years. Her groundbreaking research on the brain and genetics began in 1990. Its impact has been tested and acclaimed by some of the highest performing corporate leaders, their teams and families, as well as universities worldwide. Clients include PepsiCo, Procter & Gamble, Turner Broadcasting's Marketing Division, Sears, Alcatel, Allstate Insurance, and Southern Methodist University's Cox Business School's MBA program. On a personal note, since the publication of these two books, a 21-city book tour, and development of an instructor network synced with an interactive website, Miller was diagnosed and treated for breast cancer twice over a period of a decade. It is with a deeper appreciation of life, relationships, and everyday blessings that she is at last able to renew her engagement with Brainstyles as an author and founder. The work has continued to provide a loving, expansive approach to self renewal and a new and wonderful partnership. Meet Marlene on Brainstyles.com. Here is the interview with Marlene Miller.
0: In your
2: own words, who is Marlene Miller? I am an author of three books on how the brain defines your gifts and how to use them. I am a cancer survivor. I've had breast cancer twice and um, has given me, a, a, I think, a broader and deeper view of living. And so I try to make my work uh, more than just some psychological test or some psychological types, but more about living fully and reaching an actual stage of personal mastery by using your gifts. What do you think or feel
0: is the purpose of the human experience?
2: Um, I think it is growth to learn lessons. I think we come into this lifetime to learn uh, certain lessons and when we don't learn them we get them presented once again until we do learn how to handle them with love instead of fear and that we um, as we shift from fear to love that we resolve we handle we learn forgiveness and as we do our life increases in expansion in in reach in in our ability to set goals that are meaningful, and that we touch each other with love and care. And speaking of love,
0: we all have our own ideas of what love is. So to you,
2: what is love? Love to me means acceptance of myself as I am and others as they are, and honoring their gifts honoring them for who they are and also forgiving them for who they are not and showing and demonstrating that in the way that I treat them and, and talk with them.
0: When did you learn this? When did you start living your life according to this understanding of love? I, in
2: 1982, I started talking about this idea about how the brain might work And I also started studying A Course in Miracles. And a miracle in A Course in Miracles is defined as a very simple shift from one of fear to one of love. And it changed my life and my perspective. And I've been studying it ever since. So talk to me about the uh, inspiration and also the
0: intention of writing your book, Brain Styles, Change Your Life Without Changing Who You Are.
2: Well, I had a very interesting experience, and um, it has to do with the left and right brain. When I got the contract with Simon & Schuster to write this book, the first thing that happened was I was scared to death. And so when we get scared, what goes into action is our left brain, the left brain which has language, which evaluates and criticizes and structures and lists And my left brain language said to me, who are you to write a book for people? Who cares what you have to say? Meanwhile, I was praying very avidly about, I want to write a book that will teach people how to love, how to honor one another, how to honor themselves, how to find the very best within themselves. And this conversation went back and forth and back and forth until finally, using what I'd learned about the brain, I said to my left brain, literally in this dialogue inside, I said, okay, left brain, I know your job is to protect me because the left brain looks for consequences. If this happens, then that will happen. And it was saying, well, who are you to write this book? And I said, what do you need from me in order to satisfy your need to protect me? And the answer was as clear as bell, as clear as I'm talking right now. And the words were, prove it. And I said, I can do that because I am not a very left-brained person. I am very dominantly right-brained. And the right brain doesn't have language. The right brain has images and senses and symbols. It has wholeness. It seeks, it seeks wholeness and togetherness and inclusiveness. It's our spiritual side. And that was the side that I cared very much about. But you don't write the book with your right brain. You write it with your left brain. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> you need a language to define what a brain style is. It is actually, it's you at your best without training. It, no one trained me to be right brain. I didn't have to go to classes or anything. I just was born this way. And so what brain styles is about is teaching people to be who you are naturally without trying to change or be different. And in fact, I have a quote from the book, which is, what I believe our philosophy is here. Your job in life is not to learn how to be different. It's to spend more time realizing and living from the best that's already within. The difference between people who realize their potential and those who don't is not the amount of potential, but the amount of permission they give themselves to use it. And what brain styles does is, is it defines what the potential is and it gives permission to use that potential. It's a whole system based in neuroscience that defines how your brain processes new information, which is critical. The Scientific American shows pictures of the brain using new information, which is very different than what you remember to do. It uses different parts of the brain and it shows brain style shows you how you use new information, the fastest, easiest, and most naturally, and especially in stress situations when you're making a decision. And that's when we get into trouble because when we want to make a decision, we want the other person to think like we do. We expect, why can't they understand me? What's the matter with them? Why are they so slow? Why are they interrupting me? Why are they so fast? It's your genetically hardwired core set of gifts that don't change over your lifetime. And the breakthrough with brain styles is finding out that it is about new situations, new times where you don't know what to do so that timing becomes the problem and timing of how you communi- communicate is the answer. That is what's unusual and different about uh,
0: brain styles. The question I have is, you speak of the natural and the learned parts of information, or the way we navigate the world from what we learned and what is natural. So my question is, how do we know, how do we distinguish when we are using our natural abilities and when we are using what we have learned?
2: Fascinating, great question. One of the things that we, uh, in order to to explain this, we imagined putting time on a line. And so let's say that on this timeline, we have zero to a hundred. Time zero is a time like when you're learning to drive a car, when you're uh, buying a new home, when you're uh, buying a new car, you're making a big decision and you haven't made it before. In those times, you have some kind of hesitant decision-making process. You're worrying about it. You're thinking about it. It's a new situation for you. Unless you've bought uh, 10 cars already, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you're drawing from memory. But uh, in a new situation you feel flummoxed a little bit. You don't know what to do. At time two or three, you've had some experience there, and you start to come up with answers a little quick, more quickly. The problem in America is fast is good and slow is dumb. And we have this myth that if you're fast and you've got the answer really quick, then you have to be smart. And what a brain does is it disproves that because at time zero, everyone has their own unique timing. And those people who take more time often come up with the best, most analytical, most thought out answers. So the difference between time zero and learned behavior is simply you have experience um, in that area And you know what to do. You can remember what to do. In time zero, you don't remember. You have to think it through. Does that explain it for you? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So when you are really fast with language, now that I've talked to you about what the left brain is about, the most important differences between the sides of our brain, by the way, the only reason that we know that we, uh, the sides of our brain do different things has been known since the 80s. In 1981 was the Nobel Prize for Roger Sperry for distinguishing between the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain. The main reason that we d- don't know what our gifts are is we make two basic errors. We overlook our, our strengths, because our strengths are easy. They're things we do easily. Barbara Streisand said, Well, anybody can sing. Well, I certainly can sing, but I certainly can't sing like Barbara Streisand. <laughs> and and we focus on things that are hard for us. Americans like to work hard. We like to be productive. And if we're working hard and we're struggling and we're stressed, that must mean that it really is important. Just the opposite was proved in a test at UCLA. They got a large group of students together, and they gave them all a test. They then separated them into the kids that took the test and did really well, and, they, and another group that did very poorly on this test. And they then hooked them up to encephalographs that can measure how much the brain is working. What was important about this test was the professors predicted that the smarter the student, the faster, the more the brain would be working. Because in the 20th century, the the myth was that we only use 10% of our brain. What they found when they did the testing was the smarter the student on this test, the cooler The easier, the more natural, the more authentic these students were. But the students that had a difficulty with the test, their brains were lit up like Christmas trees, red hot. You can see their shoulders are all hunched, their brows are furrowed, they're struggling because they're working in their non-strengths. I hate the word weaknesses. It's something that you can't do well. And so you struggle with that and that is just one of the proofs about how brain styles works which is that we quit making these two basic errors we instead of focusing on where we have difficulty we focus on where we do well einstein said well if i can do it anybody could do it because he was so he, i mean he couldn't comb his hair he didn't have relationships that worked he was just this genius well, we found out later we were able to save Einstein's brain and make a slice of it and discovered that Einstein had thousands of times more of a particular cell called a glial cell that makes associations. And so Einstein had the hardware to do the kind of genius look at the universe and, and timing and breakthrough conclusions that change the way we think about life from then on. So all of us don't have really outstanding gifts like me. I don't have anything that's really outstandingly great. And so what I've done is I've created an inventory, which is a test that we have validated with against 25 psychological instruments and we validated it uh, internationally in Spanish and in other languages and found that it has a 90 plus percent validity. And we find that it is so valid because it came out of a business setting. It didn't come out of a laboratory or from some professor. It came from a man who was running a failing business and turned that business around in less than five years to be very successful by getting people in the right jobs, given their strengths. Wow, Marlene, um, it just resonates so
0: much. Yeah, this idea of not trying too hard to to work, to impress, to make a living is quite the opposite. So by being calm and relaxing yeah you what you do
2: yes yeah and 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 it starts with learning to love and honor yourself and once you get clear on what your own brain style is my personal experience after that prove it example was that as I wrote the book I noticed that my self-talk changed and when I'd make a mistake instead of saying oh that was so stupid. Oh, how could you do something like that? Instead of that, what I noticed just naturally was I would say, oh, sweetie, that's okay. Let's just try that again. And gradually, my self-love increased. And what happens when that occurs is that you very naturally, are you start honoring other people. In fact, One of the examples I have of a client was this young man at Pepsi. He was one of my first coaching clients at Pepsi, and he was 29 years old, and he was running a plant for Pepsi. And he had a meeting with this scary guy who was the vice president, three layers above him, and Lou was his name. Lou was known to chew up and spit out anybody that came in that did something that he didn't like. And Gary, here he is, 29 years old, and he, he is coming to him and asking for a huge amount of money to expand his plant. So he starts into his presentation, and oh my gosh, the pre- he's been about 10 minutes when Lou actually pounded the table and said, damn it, Gary, get to the punchline, I don't have all day, at which point... Gary knew just enough about brain styles to say to him, you know, Lou, I'm never going to make a decision as fast as you can. Because he knew Lou had access to his left brain very quickly. And Gary did not. Gary said, but I, when I tell you my decision, you can take it to the bank. I've analyzed and I've done a thorough job of meticulously looking at all the facts and you can count on me. At which point Lou sat back in his chair and he said, okay, Gary, but could you hurry it up? And Gary did. He not only gave Gary the money, he promoted him for three times after that. The re- what Gary did was he was honest. He was authentic. He also honored Lou He honored himself. It was mutually honoring. It wasn't putting myself down in favor of you. It wasn't putting you down in favor of me. It was saying we each have equal strengths. And that has become known in brain styles as a strengths contract. That is how you make a relationship or a partnership or a team work.
0: So I'm wondering how intuition works within the brain styles.
2: Yes. Well, I was very involved in the intuitive and intuitive organization when I was writing this book. And so each chapter that describes each brain style has intuition as part of it. And so a left brain person is also intuitive, even though the strength of the right brain is intuition, The left-brain person uses intuition by observing actions, speech, interactions among people and come to a conclusion about what they mean, and that's their intuition. The right-brain person just gets a feeling, knows without knowing how they know. So all brain styles are intuitive.
0: Right, so it's not only the main of the right-brained people.
2: And, and people have always said that, oh, if you're creative, you're right-brained. No. Uh, when I, I own a lot of art by a very left-brained lady who has beautiful paintings, but she paints real things and she paints them exactly as they are in real life, except her intuition. Her gift is making them larger than life and more colorful and adds a dimension and realism to them that, so that they leap off the page much better than they do in real life. So you can't say that only right-brainers are creative. You speak about accessing
0: limitless spiritual path, personal mastery. So spirituality, what is spirituality to you, Marlene?
2: It is getting beyond what is seen. It is knowing that you are more than your physical limitations. And and so in brain styles terms, it, it, once you know that you have one brain style, you then, out of that limit, you stop trying to be other brain styles. You stop trying to be good at things you're not good at. And out of those limits, accepting those limits – you can then move forward on this path that came to me, by the way, in the middle of the night. We call stages to mastery, which starts with recognizing brain styles and seeing that, oh, there's possibility. People can contribute to me in ways I never saw before. Those people that are irritating to me, the reason they're irritating is because either They're faster at getting to their left brain than I am, or they're slower than I am at getting to their left brain. And you begin to honor that, and you begin to use timing, and you get um, eventually to a power position called neutrality, where you see the value in every single person. You see the value in each brain style. And after that, what I have noticed, I did a seminar in Mexico with the translator, and this woman came up in tears afterwards and said, I now understand that my father loves me. I never thought he loved me because he didn't love me in the way I would love me, in the way I would want to love me. So things starting start to release. You start to forgive people from your past, in your families, in your, in your work settings, and ultimately, what we're after is reaching mastery, where you use timing, you stop trying to control, you support others to do it their way, even when it's not your way, because we don't see things the way they are. We see them as we are, according to Anais Nin, and we reach we reach a seamless life when we stop reacting to others and we let go of judgments and we learn from everyone. And now, everyone, we are living in a loving community where we are the source of love and we bring out the best and we bring out love in others. And it expands. Love is expansive. Judgment is closed and 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 ends things and so what we do is we get past judgments and we open up our conversations our relationships our partnerships and uh bring out the love of of each of us so to me that is spiritual
0: yeah i love your work and your wisdom marlene thank you thank you yeah i have a question for you here about the connection between the physical brain and the mind do you connect them
2: The brain is actually a workhorse. It is a, actually 80 to 90% of what the brain does is run the body. Um, We don't have to think about breathing or blood flow or heart beating uh, the way the brain works. So it's, it's actually, it's a motor. The mind is what connects us to all that is. And the mind is what, drives the brain and uh there's lots of scientific conversations about consciousness i turn to the um author alexander eben his who wrote proof of heaven and his after death experience where he he actually is aware even though his brain is totally dead it has lost all ability to um, function, and he goes to a place that is indescribable in infinite wisdom, infinite love, extraordinary. He runs out of words to describe it, and I think that's what the mind can connect, and that's where we get wisdom. In fact, the difference between the left brain, the left brain learns things and knows facts, the right brain is the part of us that learns wisdom. And it is the part of us that can connect to mind and, and beyond ourselves. Wow. So the
0: mind is now localized. It's now within the body itself.
2: There are a lot of w- books that write about different experiences about that. I certainly don't want to be an authority about that. But I think we connect to the mind through our intuition the brain or the body is
0: somehow a receptor, so it makes that connection. But it's so complex that we don't know even why some people are born wired to connect more with the mind as you were being a right-brained person. And that's the mystery, I guess. Right, Marlene?
2: Indeed. The way that we come in is we are hardwired to be ha- to have certain gifts And those gifts do not change over our lifetime. If we focus on them, they expand. The problem we have is that we focus on what we learn. And um, one gentleman from Pepsi uh, was counseling, and he was getting near retirement, and he said, I just don't know what I'm going to do. He said, I used to be able to walk into a manufacturing plant, and I could tell you every piece of equipment, every single thing that was going on there, and now – It's all new and I don't know what I'm going to do because we focus on what we know, what we've learned instead of how we've learned it. And so we had the conversation about what his gifts are and how what he did was become a lifelong learner. And in fact, his brain style is one that goes into retirement and has the most interesting of all uh, retirements They're always searching for new ideas and learning new things and traveling new places because of how they
0: learn things. It sounds very um, magical to me to be able to access that part of us that's open to life, to explore be more adventurous
2: and curious. Yes, it's simply shifting, uh, making a small shift from what we know to how we know it. And once you begin to do that, and I believe that my book can help you do that, um, that once you shift to how we learn things, it's magic because you are magic. You have incredible potential within you to learn and grow and, and become more than you've ever
0: thought you could be. And speaking of beliefs, do you believe in life after death, past lives? I do indeed. It is a knowing or just a belief, Marlene, for you?
2: It is a knowing. Evidently, when I was two, I told my mother about where I was before I was born. So it's just something that I know. Not everyone believes that and not everyone knows that. And so I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that was, that's that been my experience.
0: At this time, with all the challenges and the change that we have been through and are going through, what do you think is the world's greatest need?
2: Oh, it has never changed. It is to find peace within and to then share that peace without, that we can indeed make common ground with other people who are different than us, that we can indeed Bring love to the table uh, of uh, with other people. It starts in our own homes and it and and our own workplaces. And doing that makes the world a better place. And uh, we are working on that all the time. I think that it is growing. I think that there is more love and more um, congruence in the world now than there has been. The 20th century, I don't know how we made it through <laughs> with, with major wars, the three major wars, and maybe even a fourth with Vietnam. And, and having gone through all of that and making all of that, people have come out and said, we want peace. We want togetherness. We want unity. We're working through that even now. And another question I have for you
0: is about freedom. What is your idea of freedom? What is to be free?
2: Ah, uh, freedom is when you are you are self-accepting and you feel okay in your own skin. You feel fine about who you are and you are free to say what you believe and you can say it with honor and integrity and a- authenticity. And when you do that, you build trust. And when you build trust with others, things get easier, more loving, more uh, you become compatible. Freedom, then you are free to be you. And the more you give that permission to other people, uh, the more freedom everyone has. Would you like to add anything about brain styles before I ask you a few more questions? We've covered a lot. Brain styles is, you haven't asked me what they are, which is fine. Mm, yeah, four of them, right? right, right. There are m- primarily four with a couple of subgroups. And one of the things that is really useful about brain styles is that once you have one brain style, you, you are not a combination of gifts. You have one brain style, and your gift is the non-strength of the other brain styles. Most often, similar brain styles marry each other, and then they argue about who's right. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and, and when they realize that they both think in the same way, it really helps uh, in conversations in my own marriage, uh, we were doing a renovation of the house and I wanted to be smart and I was the hotshot human resources person. And we're having a meeting with the decorator and the, and the, uh, co- the construction guy. And I'm interrupting and I'm just coming up with ideas. And my husband and I stepped aside and he said, you know, you really do well with relationships. Why don't you manage the relationship with the, the contractor and the, and the designer? And I will I have had experience with renovations before and I see the big picture, which is his gift. Um, he said, I will handle that. And of course, that made enormous sense to me. It was the very beginning of brain styles. We then completed a, a, a renovation that went on for six months without one argument, and I base my belief in how this brain styles works by that one example. Talk to me for a
0: moment, Marlene, about the four main brain styles: the knower, the conciliator, the conceptor, and the liberator.
2: Okay. The knower is the person who comes to a decision quickly without emotion. Very useful in any big project. And they're clear. Things are clearly right or wrong, black or white for them. What they bring is focus. These are the people that set priorities. They're decisive. They're logical. They see quickly where it can lead, and how to get there quickly. And what happens is because they're so quick with the language and focus, uh, they're about 10% of my population, that they're abrupt. They're, They're called not a people person. They're said, oh, they can't get along with people. And I give you the example of Mark. Mark was told he had no future at Procter & Gamble. And Mark was in a a group that was working on one of the largest accounts that Procter & Gamble had. He was in one of the highest performing teams. And Mark kept his mouth shut because Mark was told that he had no future and he better shut up. Well, the group had eight-hour meetings, if you can believe. I mean, it was that important. And so finally, one day after BrainStyles, I think we'd only had a day seminar. Mark said to the group after four hours, he said, why don't you guys get some coffee and I'm going to structure this thing. He wrote on a whiteboard what they ought to do. The team came back and went, whoa, everybody changed what they were thinking. They took different roles. They stopped having eight hour meetings. They, their meetings became two hours at a go and Mark became a star And he was put in charge of Buenos Aires in Argentina. So that's the knower. He is often, when it's a woman, like, say, I think Madonna might be a a knower. That when a woman is very focused, very quick with logic, she's called insensitive and mean and cold And this is how we miss the gifts. We look at the behavior and we miss the gift. The conciliator is the opposite. This is the person who makes decisions based on feelings or insights. They react quickly out of their feelings, but they change their mind once they get to logic. They bring meaning to things. They are the fabulous cheerleaders, their supporters, their friends, they are a terrible enemy because they they need they get really really uh emotion behind it and so these are the high energy guys who become real villains and the high energy gals who can be really mean if they are not looked at for what they can bring so goal setting logic come later for these people but their key words, their key strengths are that they're supportive. These are the cheerleaders. They're spontaneous. They're harmonizers. They are doers. They make things happen. Uh, President Clinton was probably a conciliator. Elton John is probably a conciliator. Jesse Jackson is a conciliator. The conceptor is very rare, about 8% of the population, I believe. And they are visionaries. They're difficult, they're different, they're dramatic, they're controlling, but their gift is their seers. Steve Jobs is the quintessential conceptor. He is so charismatic with his ideas that people are mesmerized. But if you remember, he was kicked out of Apple because he was so difficult to get along with. And so people like Steve Jobs or Trammell Crow or Ted Turner, these are the founders and the entrepreneurs who see beyond the horizon. Tesla, who came up with the electric car, he sees the whole picture in his brain before any of us can see it. We just have to learn how to get along with them and how to use them and when to bring them into meetings, when to use their gift. The primarily, the primarily about 50% of the population. So the primary gift of most of the executives, most of the presidents is called the deliberator. And this person assesses before they make a decision. They think through What's been done before? What's the precedent? They hate surprises. They like to get the analysis. This was Gary when he went in to talk to Lou. They they can deal with complexity that most of us can't. The other brain styles can't. Their problem is that they often have many priorities until they fix on one, and then they can become very single-minded, but they're steady. They hate conflict. They can be good by with people by attending to them. They love by attending and caring for people and being there for them. They're rational. They bring reason. And when you don't like a deliberator, you call them controlling, boring, indecisive, or unfocused. And you're missing the gift. The gift is that they're deliberate, they're reliable, they're thorough, they raise the bar, they do the right thing. And uh, for instance, President Jimmy Carter, George H.W. Bush, Clint Eastwood, uh, most business executives, Vice President Biden, probably Barbara Streisand is a deliberator. She stopped singing for 27 years because she forgot the lyrics to a song, she said. Perfectionist is a deliberator. Conciliators can be in, the, in that group too. And I would say it, it's probably the case that you are also a conciliator with much of the imaginative, accepting, and harmonizing inclusiveness that you, you exhibit.
0: I could tell like right away, oh, that's what it is. Although I don't really like the idea of labeling. Like uh, creating Me labels, on yeah, the Me box.
2: <laughs> no, and I and I don't want. That's why I'm so glad that we waited until the end to talk about what the the four brain styles are. Because this is not a horoscope. This is not a personality labeling system. It is looking for the gifts underneath the behaviors. So behaviors can be a clue, but actually the best way to tell. And I'm kind of hawking my wares here. But the best way to tell is to, is to go to brainstyles.com and take the inventory, which has a 90 plus percent validity for telling you what your brain style is. Would you like to add anything else that you can remember about brain styles? I think we've covered most of it. I really appreciate the opportunity, of Valeria, and your very interesting and comprehensive questions. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? To be successful is to be centered in who you are and use that to love other people. And to me, um, I'm successful when I can overcome my grievances, overcome my irritations and love the person, love the situation, uh, uh, expand my reach. And so I'm successful if I uh, one of the things I wanted more than anything was to have a bestseller on the New York Times bestseller list. Well, I didn't have that. What I had was letters from Australia and Poland and Thailand and Mexico, people telling me how I'd changed their lives. And I said, thank you, Holy Spirit. That is success for me that I have touched people's lives.
0: What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as
2: of today? Oh, to <laughs> forgive myself for th- for things I've done. Forgiving yourself is much easier for me to forgive others than it is to forgive myself. To love myself anyway when I've done things that I don't like and I judge as Um, inappropriate or mean or blurting out the wrong thing. And when when I forgive myself for those things, that's the hardest things for me to do.
0: If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything in a
2: different way? As I've told you, I've had cancer twice. And I've confronted that question, what would I do? And the answer is, Finally, I think I have come to peace to say, no, I wouldn't. I have, I have learned the lessons that I've learned. I want to have more time to learn more lessons. And other than that, I, as I've learned uh, to love myself and forgive myself for mistakes I've made, then I'm, I'm, I'm ready to end this life and transition to the next what are three things
0: about life you know for sure as of now?
2: Love is the answer, is the first answer. And after that, <laughs> yeah. forgiveness is the is the lesson that we're here to learn. Three is to is to celebrate. I love the name of your of your website of your of your work, which is fit for joy. That it is to be happy, joyous, and free to be who we are and love it and have fun and laugh and have joy in our lives. Yes. A
0: billion times. Yes. Marlene. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Enjoy this experience. (laughs) Right.
2: We can Uh, be best friends,
0: Larry. (laughs) Sure. Oh, we are already (laughs) at this level for sure. Yeah, we connect and we know what life is all about. (laughs) Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Can you please tell me that website again?
2: It is www.brainstyles.com. And there you'll find the book, I have written uh, the second book, which builds on the first one. The first one is really brain styles change your life without changing who you are is a business book. The next book is brain styles for lovers, because everyone in a seminar would always start talking about their their spouse and i oh i've got to talk to my wife about this i've got to talk to my husband about this and so the second book is brain styles for lovers create partnerships that change your life without changing who you are and it's examples of marriages that were opposite brain styles difficult situations where when they applied the idea that you can't change anyone you can only bring out their best how the marriage thrived, how the marriage, when it wasn't the case, how it did not. So that is a second book that um, is very helpful for marriages and partnerships to um, show how to use the strengths contract and build on each other's strengths. People have who were going to break off their engagement wrote me and said they decided to get married after reading that book.
0: The first thing I thought about when we started the conversation about brain styles, oh I, I thought
2: about my husband like a, an entire time interesting of course you did yeah and 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 when you begin to get more information about what his gifts are instead of saying something to a husband or a child, oh, great job, honey, if you say. Boy, I like the way that you analyzed that first before you did that. I can't do that nearly as well as you can. That is an acknowledgement that really means something. And when you do that with children, they really have a basis upon which to grow. Thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon, for sure. <laughs> okay. Thank you for the opportunity, Valeria. Th- thank you, Marlene. Bye for Appreciate now. It. Bye for now. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for listening. To learn more about Marlene Miller and her work, please visit brainstyles.com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.